Good evening, folks. As promised, uh, we are having another show program, and I have my co-host uh, Eric with me. Eric, you there? Yep, I'm here. Okay, well, we're going to make another shorty. I mean, in, until some of the madness clears up that's going on in the world right now, uh, we're doing everything on the fly. And this was a last-minute thing, but hey, we've got a lot of material. Um, Eric and I are well-informed enough that we could probably do without notes, but we did bring a few notes. But we're going to make another short program until some of the stuff clears up a little bit. Um, tonight we're going to be talking about the New Age Rapture, what it is, who's expecting it, who may be going, and then uh, Eric and I have uh, come to a conclusion based on quantum physics of how we can know, because see this works in tandem with a real rapture. So we're going to show you tonight how you can know without knowing. And I know that sounds weird, but by the end of the show, you're going to understand what I'm saying. So let's get right into the, what the New Agers are expecting for themselves. Now, these are people from three different areas. One of the group is the elite. Now, we're going to talk about them last, but we're going to, I'm just going to briefly mention. The elite know as a promise serving Satan that one of their promises is that they will be evacuated before they are brought to trial, before... Um, anything bad happens to them. This is their hope, this is their promise. Now within the UFO community or the New Age followers that have a hope in this same type of a rapture or removal, um, and in the, in, in the UFO people, these are only the people that have a hope in this kind of a rapture. So there's a lot of New Agers that don't know anything about it. There's a, some UFO uh, people that uh, don't accept or don't believe it. I'm talking about the ones that have this hopeful expectation just as Christians have a hopeful expectation of their rapture, these people also have this hopeful ex expectation. Because their focus is on that, they're going to be taken. So here is what, basically what some of them that are involved and have this hopeful expectation, this is what they're saying about the whole situation. Now this is a new age medium, occult, occultist and popular in the UFO community also, kind of like in the ancient alien stuff. Ruth Montgomery, she states in her book, Aliens Among Us, that there will be flying machines to remove some of the earth people who are too valuable to be allowed to go into spirit because of the need for their wisdom. Now, Thelma Terrell of Durango, Colorado channels Ashtar Command, which is well known among anybody that's investigated UFOs or some of the conspiratorial stuff. Uh, they, the aliens gave her the name Tula. And that's like Chul, that's just, goes down another rabbit trail, but it's a connection. So anyways, um, this is what she has to say uh, about this coming alien rapture. The great evacuation will come upon the world very suddenly. The flash of emergency events will be as the lightning flashes in the sky. Our rescue ships will be able to come close enough in the twinkling of an eye to set the lifting beams in operation. In a moment, mankind will be lifted, levitated, shall we say, by the beams from our smaller ships. These smaller craft will in turn taxi the persons into the larger ship overhead higher in the atmosphere, where there is ample space for millions of people. Now, the New Age writings of Alice Bailey, David Spangler, Annie Yogi, H.G. Wells, uh, the Theosophical Society of Kitchens, they all describe this coming cleansing action that will have to take place uh, at the Earth at a critical point of this convergence, or what they call the next evolutionary step for the Earth and mankind. David Spangler's quote is very ominous to any Bible-believing Christian or Jew. David Spangler is a representative uh, of spiritual enlightenment for the United Nations. 
Uh, he has actually his own office and room in there. He says, those of us who refuse to accept the Christ, now they're talking about a cosmic Christ, will be sent to another dimension other than physical incarnation out of a physical embodiment to another level or vibration where they will be happier. That sounds like, kind of sounds like the final solution, New Age style. So, yeah, it sounds like genocide to me. Uh, yeah, <laughs> basically, yes. So before we go any further, um, I want all of you to get a little bit of an uh, understanding and background of my co-host, Eric. Now, Eric, you and I did something very unusual. I mean, there's other people have known me. How, how long have we known each other? Do you know exactly? I would say, uh, guesstimating, probably about a decade. Yeah, years, yeah I think so, yeah. Maybe after just a bomb, we got elected <clears throat> in 2009, maybe a little longer. Yeah, because we went on our uh, little uh, adventure back in, what was it, 2011, I think? Yeah, somewhere in 2011, 2012. All right, why don't you tell them a little bit about uh, yourself and, and uh, where we went? You know, just tell a little bit of personal stuff, uh, who you are, where you're at, and, and things like that, and then uh, then get into how we met and ended up tromping through the uh, Sonoa Desert in Arizona. <laughs> All right, well, uh, you know, my name is Eric Smith. Um, I am actually from uh, Sioux Falls, South Dakota, you know, fly over country. So not a whole lot of people out here, but it's been a relatively peaceful place to live in the world, even through uh, COVID. We still have our, our freedoms uh, mostly intact compared to a lot of the country. But um, anyways, uh, my um, my story really starts out about 10 years ago, a little bit after um, President Obama got elected. Um, I was just, you know, reading through my Bible, and um, I came... You know, I came across a strange passage, you know, that I just never, it never stuck out in my mind before, and it was uh, Genesis 6. And you know, it talks about these sons of God and daughters of men, and I thought, boy, this this sounds really, really strange. This almost sounds like mythology, but yet, you know, you go mm -hmm. look up, you know, commentaries with, you know, your local pastor or anything that they would say, they would call them the sons of Seth, and, but, you know, but here there are some other interpretations that, um, you know, you track back in the course of history, uh, you find out that, in fact, these are actually eternal beings that actually intervened in mankind and uh, interfered with mankind and made a mess of things, and they had to be locked up in, um, well, until the end times anyways, to be released again. But, um, but going off of that, uh, I did a whole lot of research, you know, Dead Sea Scrolls. I mean, I combed through my entire Bible, multiple translations, made a lot of notes of things. Um, and came to the firm conclusion that, uh, you know, that the correct interpretation for Genesis 6, in fact, is an actual angelic-type uh, encounter back in history uh, that uh, most of the modern-day church uh, does not want to address or denies is actually real. Um, and this is really kind of a, a response to just the, just the things that I saw paralleling with the whole UFO and alien um, phenomena, you know, with Roswell, and just all the integration of all the things that have gone through our media from, you know, comic books to TV to movies, you know, to video games, just all the incorporation of all these concepts that you see within the New Age movement and uh, uh, just the UFOs and aliens in general, and just anything, you know, whether it's time travel or parallel dimensions or bending the space-time, all these concepts are embedded and uh, into the psyche of most of the younger generation, so they have all the concepts already in their mind, right. and slowly they're acclimating us to, um, you know, 
to basically accept this cosmic Christ and, um, you know, and accept these UFO and aliens as, you know, uh, you know, they'll, to a lot of people, they'll be their creators or um, to other people, you know, they'll be their gods. But, but going on to this, um, I think it was, what, 2011, 2012, we, um, we took a trip down to Arizona and uh, I remember we going to uh, Sedona, Arizona. And what was interesting when I came there is I saw two things going on. I saw a lot of churches, a lot of Christian churches, a lot of crosses. But also with that, I saw a lot of new age type integration into the same community. And it, it, it clearly looked like a, a spiritual battleground for, you know, um, for what was actually going around on there. But anyways, um, example, we ran into one gentleman um, at a, um, what was the name of that restaurant, uh, uh, Jim? Red Planet Mars. Oh, yeah, Planet Mars. Yep. And, you know, he actually was a, I think he was a volunteer uh, search and rescue uh, individual. And he, he told some pretty incredible stories of just how many people disappear uh, every year in Sedona. Um, just strange things. They would find their, um, all, you know, wherever they were hiking or traveling along the trails. There's a lot of trails out there. Uh, they'd go out looking for them because they would, they would disappear and they would find their stuff and they would find their clothes almost like you would find as if they had just evaporated or disappeared. Like if you think of, you know, Star Wars when uh, Darth oh. Vader hit Obi-Wan Kenobi yeah. and he just, you know, his, his body just kind of disappeared but his clothes were just laying in the pile. It was basically like that. So they were, you know, I mean, they had a ton of people just missing, and there's actually kind of a big giant cover-up in that town because they don't—they have a lot of uh, tourism that goes around uh, in that area, and um, they didn't want that image tarnished, so they, they try to really hush-hush it. But I guess you know, every year they take all these people's stuff that they never gets claimed. Um, you know, whether it's luggage or you know whatever they left behind or clothes. You know, they have to have, end up having um, uh, what do they call it? Uh, like a garage sale. Yeah, a drive sale, you know, yeah. basically for all the stuff of missing people and, you know, no one no one wants to talk about it and there's there's a lot of uh, UFO and just paranormal activity that happens in Sedona. Um, do you want me to go into our nice uh, friendly guide tour? That, well, our guide that actually helped us out. Yeah, I just wanted to add... Again, off the top of this one? I just wanted to add a little bit about him. Now, what added to his credibility is he stated he was—he actually worked for the United States Geological Department as a um, geologist, and his wife was a theoretical physicist. He gave me enough information where I could vet some of it out, and everything that he had said was 100%. He was telling us crazy stories about, you know, part of a mountain opening up and seeing helicopters, and one time there was like four or five helicopters escorting something under a tarp that went inside. And he said that most of that area, and he pointed out the area to us, he said most of that area has never been walked on by modern man. They only have satellite surveillance, so we really don't know a lot of what is out there. A lot of these parks... Well, they have a lot of, they have a lot of signage and stuff where you can't trespass. Yes, exactly. Um, in fact, it's even threatening to the point that where it, it kind of indicates that if you do, you know, you are basically signing over your, your rights of your life to be shot. So. Well, you know, my youngest son and I, we went and we decided to have you come along. And immediately when he told us, don't go to this area, don't go to that area, it's dangerous. 
What was the first thing you uh, told us that we had to do? <laughs> well, we had to go there. <laughs> I said, all right, you're my kind of guy, man. That is exactly what, you know, that's where we're at. If we're going to be told this is where not to go, it's dangerous, and we're trying to find stuff out, that only makes sense. That's where you got to go to find out. Um, yep. So, yeah, we did that. And um, I can't say we found anything, you know, amazing then, but we had a tour guide that came along with us. He heard me doing on a radio show, our program, uh, Poison Matrix, and he volunteered. Uh, he said he was a herpetologist, which is a reptile uh, scient a scientist dealing with reptiles. And he certainly knew his stuff. Um, brilliant man. Uh, nice. Uh, but um, after we got out in the most remote area of the desert, you go ahead and take over with the rest of the story. Oh, uh, just, okay, well, <laughs> you know, it became it, it, it apparent at some point uh, that, um, not everything was, was on the up and up. trying yeah. to lead us on a wild goose chase a little bit, right? I mean, we picked, we picked up on that. Yeah. And what I thought was interesting, he actually brought a, I think he had a, did he have a Beretta or a 9mm with him? Yeah, it was a 9mm Beretta, yeah. Right. Well, I thought it was interesting because we went out there and he wanted, he, he was just, I think he was even going to do some target practice or something like that. And he wanted each of us to take a hold of that gun and shoot as well. Well, I said, I don't, you know, I said no. Um, but I, I now, now, now knowing, you know, I know what he wanted. He wanted all our fingerprints on that gun or, you know, if, if we, if we got into the wrong area where we weren't supposed to be, well, you know, we, we might not have come back. And that's just the reality of the situation. But right. I told me for the, you know, the grace of God that, you know, we, you know, we didn't, but that's obviously the very, very strangest thing is, is, you know, on the last day we're heading back, I think we're heading back towards Phoenix, correct? Right. Right. We're heading back towards Phoenix and he's driving, you know, I'm actually in the rental car and then he is actually in another vehicle ahead of us and he's driving and he drives past a, uh, a sign and I'm looking at the sign and I'm like, this is some kind of military, um, it was a national guard armory. It was a National Guard Army. Past it. Well, right. I, I turned. I mean, he went past it, and I went past it. But I, I immediately turned around, and went, uh, went back, and he wanted us to basically go by that so that they could actually, you know, photo ID us or you know, right. with video surveillance. That's what the setup but, was. You know, me being, you know, in military, I was on a strategic air command base, and uh, you go running through something like like that during a war, and technically we were at war at, during that time. Um, it yep. didn't make sense. You know, you get three halts and then they start shooting. And we zipped by so fast, it was such a small little area of turnaround that, and I'm yelling and screaming at him on the CB, you know, to, you know, stop, what the heck are you doing? We're going to get killed, you know. And then I realized, man, we, that was too easy. We just walked in, there was no guards, nothing. But he had pulled over yep. just before and was talking to somebody. He said it was his friends. No, it was them saying, okay, I'm outside the gate, just let us in. And then by the time we turned around, then he slowed down to about, what, like one or two miles per hour? And then we saw oh, yeah. them inside with cameras, and we realized they were photographing for uh, uh, face recognition. I mean, you get our prints. They had a, I mean, they were slick. So when we got out, he apologized. They said, no, by all means, you just gave total credibility to what I'm, what's really going on. We were really onto the real deal, 
and you were sent by the government to watch us and to get everything. You No, no, you can't say I didn't do that. No, the proof is how the heck, you explain to me how we got on a secured base and got out still alive in one piece. You can never have an explanation for that. I'm ex-military. I know too much of the policies and procedures. There is no way that this should have happened. The crux of this is we were out there looking for basically an underground genetics lab based on the right, work of David Flynn, yeah. who yeah, wrote a book on I, Sedona Mars, the Mars Chronicles. Yep. That's why, you know, when we saw that, he said, we, we got to eat there, man. Dave, Dave would have loved this. Uh, David yep. passed on. Um, I still laid a claim that the government took him out because we were working on this whole Fortress of Anu thing together. And uh, he was well known, and I was kind of like under the, you know, I was I was unknown at that time, We're known locally, but nowhere near on the level that he was. He was he was well known with some of the big guns at that time. So that's um, that's our background. So because Eric was with me to see all the supernatural things going on, um, he stuck and he had a character that uh, I thought he was going to be so scared we'd never see him again. And he came back on the program. He was all excited and. and uh, you know, I knew that he was going to be a good friend of mine on the long haul, and you have been. Um, actually, I, I make it no secret that my oldest son, you know, the Bible says that many are called, but few are chosen. And my oldest son kind of thought I was um, out in La La Land and never believed any of the stuff that I was doing. He, he believed on some of the stuff, but my personal involvement or... Um, things of that nature, he, he just didn't get, especially when I su started supporting Trump. He thought I was the craziest, naive loon on the world. And we don't talk to this day, but I'm going to talk to him tomorrow. I'm going to reach out to him. I have to, but because he's not ready for what's coming. But um, the thing is, um, you're his replacement. And I'm not ashamed to say it. I'm, I'm, I'm thankful that Eric is there. My son was supposed to be in this position with me, standing side by side, and, and he failed his calling. Even if he got on board right now, he is so far behind of everything. There's no way to play catch up. You can tag along and be a part of things as an observer, but you certainly are not capable or qualified. Uh, God, in these last 10 years, have worked you know, through both of us and uh, iron sharpening iron. I gave you the concept of the sons of God. Um, you took it beyond a few scriptures and proved it the concept that we have that is true and right is beyond speculation or ideas, it's sound doctrine because we've got it rightly divided according to all the rules um, of hermeneutics or partis. So, you know, it's, it's pretty solid stuff. And we couldn't even begin to get some of that stuff tonight, but, um, you know, it's, like I said, it's solid. So that's why, like in my museum, I've got a compilation of all this stuff so that I've got answers for questions that people haven't even thought to ask yet. And, and yet, in all of this, the Lord has told me to do this. And you, uh, Eric, you've complied. Uh, our other co-host, Dave Rafino, has complied the same way. We don't force this on anyone. We don't debate it, and we don't defend it. We just simply speak it out to who's willing to listen. And, uh, yep. and we believe in dialogue. You can ask questions. nothing wrong with asking questions. Um, but don't start injecting your own theology into this, because it's not open for debate or discussion. Uh, dialogue, well, yes, man -made, doctrine, man, man made doctrine isn't going to work for this. No, and that unfortunately, most of the things that we've been taught uh, as being absolutes, first off, we're talking about the future. It hasn't happened yet. So it's rather crazy to think you can make this um, doctrine for something that hasn't happened. You have to be loose ended and open ended to make adjustments. And uh, 
The problem is so many, you know, people will invest so much in their books and tapes and whatever uh, in that that it's hard for them to backtrack when they do find out that part of it's wrong. And the thing is that, that we're always going to be part wrong. My gosh, the first understandings that I had when I first became a Christian 46 years ago, it's gone through a metamorphosis many, many times. Even the original book that I wrote 25 years ago, I just cut, touched the tip of the iceberg compared to what I know now. Um, so it, some things have changed. Some things have been more enhanced in, in a basic rudimentary understanding, but it's grown in 25 years. So um, these, this is just part of the prophetic functions. There's nothing wrong with being a little off. The, the thing is, you have to keep continually, and now more so than ever, you have to continue, continue to ask the Lord, this is what I feel, this is what I think I believe, does it conform to your plan? And then wait for him to guide you at every step of the way to what the plan is. The problem is we get so busy doing all so many different things that it's not that we're jumping off on our own, we're forgetting to have him analyze and check everything that we're about to say, everything we're about to do, everything that we're about to uh, write or proclaim. And <clears throat> so it happens with all of us, but we're in a win-win situation. You know, somebody uh, younger than the Lord was trying to tell me, well, you know, God changed his mind. And I said, no, no, wait a minute. There's something very wrong with that. God is immutable. That means he doesn't change his mind ever. It means that he's allowed to change our minds if we invite him to do so. And if we do use our free will and invite him to, you know, change our minds, he will change our perceptions. But sometimes part of the plan, and this is what's so cool, he will purposely not have us do the right thing or from our perception, but it was part of his plan. Like, for instance, I, I, I posted um, a video, made it on a zip drive, and I was giving it to all kinds of people locally in Detroit. And it was mostly in a black community. And so I was giving it mostly to blacks. Now, the thing is, one of my friends came over to, to the museum and wanted to watch this video. I'd never watched it. So I said, yeah, we'll watch it together. It's only 12 minutes long. So he sat down and watched it. I was horrified. Oh, my God, that was one that I started and never finished. How in the heck did I get that one put on there? My gosh, all the stuff about Trump wasn't even on there. And some of the most important, dramatic, heart-appealing stuff wasn't there. I'm going, oh, my gosh, how did I make this mistake? And then, you know, and I prayed in, in tongues, and I waited for the answer from the Lord. I thought, how cool is that, Lord? Wow, in my mistake, you made me, allowed me to have this mistake. Because he, he said, Jim, you're in a black community. You're trying to give them a hope for something better than what they see in, on TV and everything. And you gave it to them. The moment they would have saw Trump, they would have just dismissed all of it, and they wouldn't have listened to anything. You gave them what they needed. That was my plan. Now, make the one, repost, make the other one that you intended, because now it's time to dig deeper. They need to know how uh, Trump is part of my plan. So I, I redid about 50, you know, uh, flash drives. And it, it takes about a minute on each one. So, you know, it took a while, but it was worth it. I mean, it was just, I did it joyfully. I did it happily because in my mistake, it was God's plan. So he does that with all of us. And I think when we're more aware of that, we can have more of a peace. We can be more solid in our faith because we're in an absolute win-win situation. So God is immutable. He doesn't change his mind. From his perception, he's already seen everything from beginning to end. So the only thing he changes is our plans, our ideas, our beliefs. And that's a good thing. So how about you? I mean, you know, you've been with me now 10 years, and we've had to uh, shift and change. What's the latest thing? Now, understanding quantum physics for about two years, 
I still have a hard time wrapping my head around it. But what's the latest thing that uh, you and I have discussed and come to realize uh, from the Word of God, from uh, examples, you know, in the Word of God, and then, well, you take it from there if you can. You know what I'm talking about, right? Uh, I, I don't know if I'm following you. Are, you. are we talking about the concept of the of the, uh, How we the phony rapture and, and real rapture, or are we talking something else differently? Well, here's the dilemma that we were both in. We know the Bible tells us clearly we can't know the day or the hour of the, of the coming of the Lord. And the moment right. you think you have, something's wrong with your theology. Because you know that can't be. So we were told specific things. I was personally told something. And that was that everything I had been waiting for that's in my book, the because the rapture works in tandem with the alien rapture. You can't have one without the other. So how can you know and not know? This is just, you know, God, I don't want to join or have anybody join the Herald Camp and let's, you know, guess, guess the, um, you know, who the Antichrist or the rapture comes or any of these kind of things. You know, it's just I don't think it happens that way. So, you know, we prayed, we sought out, we found some other scripture. Uh, you know, we kind of come to some conclusions, and it includes quantum physics. Now, I would suggest to our audience if you want to get a clear grasp of it in about a 10-minute video, go on YouTube. It's a cartoon, and it's Dr. Quantum. And Dr. Quantum shows you the two-slit experiment, which is the foundation of quantum physics. And then the Lord showed me how the two trees are like the two slits. The first slit represents the uh, tree of knowledge, the of knowledge, uh, wisdom, the, the tree of the knowledge of wisdom and of good and evil. Thank you, Tommy. Um, he helped me out and whispered, so probably showed up anyway, but I don't know. doesn't matter. Um, we're going to try to be as transparent and real as possible here, man. Uh, anyways, the knowledge of good and evil. So the other tree represents the tree of life, where you die and resurrect, and, and to have life, you have to die. You surrender your free will and, and things like that. So what's interesting is, as quantum physics is taught, the uh, electron goes through the slot, and then when it's either looked at or measured, it's like a photo of a, the fabric of space-time that actually creates, now that, that snapshot will end up making the canvas of real history. Now the interesting thing is, it's always the one that goes through first that can write the history. But the second one called in, is connected to the first one, and there's a quantum entanglement. That second one, when it goes through, it, the same thing, you look at it or measure it, that makes a photo snapshot of what is going to end up becoming reality. The interesting thing is that second one can overwrite the first one all the time and change history and change the end result. So to simplify it, it basically means the first one is when you speak out the things of this world, directed by Satan, he's trying to make this a reality, so he's trying to speak it into reality. So you conform to this world and speak those things out, you're helping Satan solidify this world into a real one. Because they've concluded this is a computer program. And they're wondering, well, who's running the computer? Well, the prince and power of the air, Satan. This is his old Pinocchio world. It's not real, but it wants to be real. So when we, as a Christian or a Jew or anyone of faith, is speaking out God's word in faith and believing it, 
It overwrites what was already previously said or done. That's the power we have as individual children of God. If anybody quoting the word of God in true belief and faith, um, that's power. That's in the end times, they call it the manifestation of the sons of God. This is what we're seeing now, and this is what we're understanding. Quantum physics isn't something to be afraid of. It's a new age and all this stuff. And, you know, you don't hide in fear of seeking out knowledge. Sometimes knowledge is, is sandwiched between a wrong premise and a wrong conclusion. Sometimes you've got to dig through dirt to find a gold nugget. And if you're strong in the Word of God and know your uh, Lord personally in a relationship, it's very easy to find that because you know the mind of Christ. You know the, the heart of God. And, and that's the incredible thing that we're in a time now where we can actually know the time, but we'll never know the day and the hour. So go ahead and see the two examples. Share the, with them, uh, Eric, the two examples that we found in space-time in the Bible. Uh, you know, I don't know if I have them right in front of me, Jim. Um, are we talking about... Um... Joshua and Hezekiah. Right. Um, give me a second if I could pull it up. Uh, let's see. Sorry, I should have probably been slightly more prepared here, guys. Well, yeah, I called you, what, uh, 20 minutes ago and said, okay, we're going to be on the air in 20 minutes. Yeah, that's not fair. I think our audience is, is graceful enough to realize that we're just trying to do this for you, for your benefit. There's some things you need right. to know, and you yeah. need to know it tonight. So we're just trying to get it all together. Tommy was gracious. He so. said, man, I'm already up here. I said, good, I'll be up in 20 minutes. <laughs> Yeah, so there's basically the, the one scripture uh, about uh, uh, you know for King Hezekiah being having uh, time rolled back that, so he could have seed to continue on his line of rule. Right. And then there was one other other example, right? There was um, Joshua in the long day. Joshua, yeah, long, in the long day, so he could he could they could fight more in the, with daylight in order to win win the battle. Those are, those are two examples of time being controlled. Uh, or manipulated, if you want, from you know our perspective. But um, but yeah, you know, and it has an amazing historical uh, recording because now in the uh, east, it was a long day, long enough for him to be able to finally vanquish his enemy. But the sun stood, you know, in a fixed position, long enough for him to be able to finish out, and it was longer than a day. Now on the opposite side of the earth, it was a long night. In a long night, it's recorded in history that there was a night when darkness failed to, to uh, well, the sun failed to rise, and this was with the Aztecs. And they had the biggest, bloodiest massacre because they were freaked out because every night they would have a sacrifice because they were believing that that's the only way the sun would rise. And so all of a sudden, they're having these sacrifices, the sun ain't coming up, so they're just going you know, crazy, grabbing all kinds of multiple people, never, like never before in recorded history. I mean, it was a, a bloodbath where they were sacrificing all night long until finally the sun came up. But so it's recorded on the other side of the world, the same time scale and everything. So it's, you know, this isn't stuff made up. This isn't stuff that uh, uh, is just a, a fairy tale or a, a legend or a myth. This is real history. It really happened. So here's the beautiful thing about that. If God is in control of speeding up time or reversing time, that's because he lives outside of time. He's, every, he's seen everything already finished and it's done. That's why it says he speaks those things which are not as if they were in the past. Well, why? Because from his perception, it is past. Everything's done. He's outside of time. So for us, we're living in a linear existence. That's where it's hard to grasp. Uh, one of the other wonderful uh, things that Dr., this cartoon, Dr. Um, Quantum, shows 
is living in flatland, a little dot living in flatland. So there's height and length, but there's no whip. And the little dot is afraid of this thing that appears. It's just another big flat dot, and it's his finger. And he's trying to get this little flat disc to its attention. So then he speaks, and the disc says, are you God? He, he laughed. He says, no. He says, but I, I'm going to take you and remove you out of this to a third dimension because you're really round. You're a sphere. What's a sphere? Well, she couldn't even begin to comprehend what that was. As soon as he lifted her up, she turned into a globe, and she goes, oh, my gosh, wow, I never knew this. Well, that's the same thing with us, living inside time as compared to living outside of time. We can't even begin to understand completely. We could kind of wrap our mind around it because God does kind of explain the difference in many, many different scriptures. And I didn't know where to look for these. God showed them to me and, and showed me exactly where and rightly divided by partisan by hermeneutics. So, you know, it was I was good to go with it. But it's simple. So the idea is our perception in linear time is very limited. But God, in his mercy and grace, can show us, okay, this is going to happen. There's going to be a certain time frame, but you're not going to know the day and hour because I can change the day and hour by your perception. So we have no idea, really, the day or the hour. Even though we can know that this is going to happen, it's going to happen on this day, but we don't know our perception of when that's going to be that day because he can change it. That's the beauty in that, man. It's He stays true to his word. He stays true to his intentions. And the only thing he's changing, really, is our perception. So we can know that within a time frame of, uh, of tomorrow, all the way up to the end of this month, the Lord told me, Jim, everything you have been expecting is going to happen in 2020. Well, that's 31 days. So even though my perception says something should happen tomorrow, it may not by my perception. But it does have to happen by the 31st. So. Some people can say, yeah, Jim, yeah, it's a cool, slick way to get yourself off the hook. You better believe I want to be off the hook. I don't want to start giving you all kinds of stuff that isn't, you know, that's just particle theory, guessing, you know, combination. So I have to admit, you know what? I don't know anything more than you do. Maybe I know that these events are going to happen, and here's the time frame they will. But details, that's not my pay scale. That's God's pay scale. He knows the details. I'll leave it up to him. What I do is live each day right now and do the thing that is the right thing to do because it's the right thing to do. And follow and focus on today. Don't let the past hinder me. Don't let the future uh, be my worry or concern. That's God's concern. And you know what? It's worked pretty good for me. I know it's worked pretty good for you. And it's worked pretty good for everybody that is, especially in Detroit right now, as part of God's plan for the last greatest revival in, that is going to be on the entire world starts here, Ground Zero in Detroit, Michigan. Um, and I've got all the prophecies for it, and it, I, I found the videos that I thought I lost. And so now I get a chance to, you know, redo them. That's my homework for tonight. So it's, it's, uh, it's incredible. You know, God is just, he's always on time. He always has everything ready for us to protect and um, preserve us. And that's what we have to see and focus on is his provision. So he's trying to right now get as many people as he can stable solidly fixed on the rock that doesn't roll so that when all this happens especially christians it, there's pre-tribulation rapture but it's like nothing you have ever been taught or knew about you're going to be the most confused because why 
Some of them, why did I get left behind? What happens here? I never saw, nobody ever taught. Yeah, okay, relax. That's what I've been working on for the last 25 years. That's why I got this little museum, so that I can give you all the answers that you never even thought of asking. And it clearly points all to Jesus and helps you to have peace, to be stable, to be solid in a time of total confusion where nobody's going to understand what the heck's going on. That's why it's so critical, because it could start maybe tomorrow, maybe next week, but you know what? It's going to be before the 31st. Now, you know, I had been on the tube and saying that, you know, um, all the, you know, we're going to have to see all of the trials and everything. Well, that's not happening. We got one day. I don't see anything, anybody getting arrested. And then it's thought, oh, Jim, duh. No. It has to conclude January 6th is when all the, all the everything's got to be added up, counted up, and proclaimed one way or another. So that can be overextended from beyond all these other stuff happening. And so that's what's going to happen. Um, the arrests may not, we're not going to see anything until around the, near the 6th. But boy, I'll tell you, if Mark Taylor's prophecies are true, because this is where we're getting it from, um, the world's going to be astounded at all the arrests. The world is going to see all the evidence, and they're going to agree in shock. They're going to agree they deserve the death penalty, not only for being traitors to America, but for being um, war criminals for mankind because of their global in of involvement of such pure wicked evilness. Well, I, I think what's going to happen, Jim, is I think the, the, the whole plot with the mask inoculation with the um, with the, the vaccine that they're going to make mandatory, I think they're going to make it mandatory for 92% of the world's population. I think you're right. Yeah. Out, right? I, and if that plan is exposed, along with everything else, the, the, the child trafficking, the sacrificing, the, all these traitors that have basically conspired against us with foreign entities like China, um, yeah, I mean, QAnon is always echoed. You know, there's a day coming. These people are not going to be able to walk the streets. They're just not. Yep. The people are going to demand justice because they're going to realize that they were, they were going to try to commit genocide on us by force. Exactly. Yep. You know, and you know, now I I heard I haven't had a chance to look up any more detail on it. I heard on the uh, news that they may for those that have direct deposit, I might wake up tomorrow morning after six o'clock and find out I got six hundred dollars in my bank for this COVID relief thing. They said they were going to start delivering it right away, and it was based on you know some of the uh, some of the methods that they used the first time. They've learned from it, so now they can respond even quicker. And what I heard was that if you have direct deposit, I might even find, you know, the money. Well, you know, if that's true, then I'm going to the bank immediately and taking every penny out so they can't get it and I can use it. Um, and I would suggest to everybody, make sure you remove from the bank enough for gas, enough for, you know, medicine, uh, get an alternate heat source. You know, I've got one, um, it, you know, either kerosene heater or uh, one of those electric uh, infrared heaters that you put on top of a, uh, a butane tank like you would use in a uh, barbecue grill. Um, just something like that. If you're out in the country, something you'd use, probably your fireplace will be fine. But uh, these are three things to consider, you know, getting. And uh, I don't know that you're going to need them right away, but eventually you're going to need them for about two weeks because after the rioting, power will probably go down for a little while, but they'll get it back up again. Um, and things will go on. Uh, tough, but they'll go on. So, do you think that do you think that will be? I mean, across the nation, or are we talking? You know, are we? Is it most likely the more 
where Satan has the the stronger stronghold that, and you know, typically Democratic stronghold well, areas, you know, where it might be a little worse than you know, say, um, more rural aspects of the of the nation, or is this you know for everybody? Well, I. I think obviously some element, but a very small element, might be uh, political affiliated, but I think mostly it's just uh, urban or um, you know country setting. In the urban, um, you know, it's just it's everybody is packed together tight. Uh, right. The lack of cleanliness, the lack of um, you know proper procedures, and and just other things is you know it 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 just is a, an environment for infestations like this to just catch rapid you know wildfire. So those would be the yes. most dangerous places. They would be the most violent places. Um, I think it would t- only take a matter of, uh, of a few days, maybe a week. And when everybody notices that almost all of the ultra-rich and elite are gone, they are going to attack because they got a survival mentality. They're going to attack and look for boot, uh, loot from all the mansions, wherever they might exist, especially those that are in gated communities where right across the street there, there's the hood. So in my, in my town, it would be uh, Gross Point Farms, Gross Point, Gross Eel. Man, go take a vacation at a friend's house for a few days because you're not very safe. And I made a, do- a doctor's appointment with my doctor tomorrow. Um, I need an annual checkup anyway. And, and, uh, so, but my whole purpose is I need to talk to you. He, li- he lives in Cranbrook. That is one of the most elite neighborhoods in the entire Detroit metropolitan area, all mansions. And uh, that would be one of the first places a lot of people would drive out to to see what they could get. So I want my friend to be safe. Um, I'm going mainly for the doctor's point for that point. So, uh, you know, we got, a, we got, I think we covered just about everything. Anything more that you can think of, um, Eric? Uh, no, no, I think, we, I think we covered it, Jim. Okay, so you know what, everybody, what I would ask all of you is to join me in prayer. We want to pray that God will personally direct you in whatever you personally need. And if, regardless of what you might think of the broadcast tonight, would you please pray alone and ask God, and whatever he says, I'm good with. Whatever he says, believe and follow, please, no matter how crazy it might sound. Um, my main thing is I want to keep all my friends, family, loved ones, all the people that have listened to us for years on the radio, we want to keep you all safe. You're our family, and we want to protect you. So, Lord, we just close this show right now, Lord, in your mighty and precious name. And, Lord, I pray that for everybody that listens, no matter what their theology is, no matter what their politics are, Lord, that they would listen to your voice. They would listen to your prophets, and they would take heed and protect themselves and hide themselves in you. And they would find out a way to do so. And maybe this is all strange. Maybe they don't even know you, but they know that their heart is being tugged towards this direction. Then I ask you, please call me. Get a hold of Eric. Get a hold of Tommy if you know where Detroit um, House of Rescue is. Um, get a hold of us and get us, get connected with us so we can provide you. Now, Detroit House of Recovery is 32048 Utica Road, Fraser, Michigan, 48026. The phone number there is 586 838 9756. Echoes of Enoch Ministry is 28349. Gratiot Avenue, um, in Roseville, Michigan, 48066. My telephone number is uh, 586-265-1791. Um, 
Eric, if you want to give any information out, I, you know, well, you, you're under Eric Smith, you can go to Facebook and Eric can lead and guide you in, in a direction there. He's in South Dakota. Um, we're here for you. We want to be available for you. Any questions, that's why we're here. So God bless and please pray when the broadcast's over and ask the Lord what you should do personally, how to apply these next few days. Where do you put your resources? What do you do? Just ask him directly. We thank you and God bless. And we'll see you next week for another broadcast. If possible. <laughs> right. Because we don't know what's going on.